Welcome back to So Every Soul Sings, Worship for the Real Church. I'm so excited to be here with you today. We have been talking about, you know, we always have these great conversations before we hit record. (laughs) And I always say several times, we should be recording this right now. Uh, One of the things that we talked about today was a survey that we put out to a group of worship leaders in our region to help prepare for a worship conference that we were planning. And one of the things that we listed was goal setting and time management. And it actually was the highest number on our survey. It was the most popular response, uh, the most felt need that people had. And I think one of the reasons for that is because a lot of people in worship ministry may not be full-time. They might be just volunteers for a church and work full-time. Yes. Whether they're the point person or a member in the band or on the tech team, they're just trying to figure out how to get it all in Mm because they want to do so much. Mm -hmm. And so it it was the most requested uh, subject for us to address at the workshop and then, or at the conference, and we did. Mm-hmm. And okay. we will again next year at Relay 2020 on February 29th. Woohoo! Leap day! Yeah. Yes. So I want to talk about goal setting with you because I think that there's two extremes that people can fall into when they think about setting personal goals, because mm-hmm. that's what we we're talking about today. I think that there is... On the one hand, there are people that say, well, you know, the Bible says you can make all these plans, but only God knows what's going to happen, and you shouldn't do that for some reason, and you should just wander through life, and things will happen to you, and it will be good, and it will be God, and it will be His will. You look like such a preacher right now. It's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Wander through life. Like, that's not a good sermon. Don't do that, people. On the other end of the spectrum, I think there is this very common thing in our culture in the church Mm -hmm. that we should not focus on ourselves. We should not do that because it is somehow selfish, it's egotistical, it's not Christian, it's not a good thing to know what our needs are. And I think that it leads to a lot of unhealthiness Mm -hmm. in people. And then I think you can be, you can possibly have goals in one section of your life, but not have goals in another section, and maybe have personal goals for being healthy, for example, physically. Right. Like, I'm going to work out this number of times a week, but then be really unhealthy in your relationships. Mm-hmm. Or you might be in a really dysfunctional church structure environment, and that's very unhealthy. Right. And, but you might have goals for your job, like professional goals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, goal setting, I think, you know, some people might be like, well, that's not very exciting, but it's actually <laughs> quite important. It is. There, uh, I love a book by Harold Best called um, Not Music Through the Eyes of Faith, which is his first book, which is amazing, but the, the second book, which I'm blanking on the title, that's so funny, I didn't <laughs> intend to talk about it, but in that book, Unceasing Worship, there you go, uh-huh. by Harold Best, um, and Unceasing Worship, he talks about how Christianity is uh, can be understood, and, and hang on, don't, don't stop the podcast when I say this, <laughs> kind of like a totem pole, and in Native American religion, 
the most important thing is at the top of the totem pole mm-hmm. and they are in descending order of importance. And so somebody who's very important to your family might make it on the totem pole, but they're probably not going to make it to the top unless you are the chief of the village mm-hmm. or whatever. And he says in Christianity, we get our totems out of order. Mm-hmm. And when we come together to worship, we reorder our lives. And the most important thing, which is of course, God gets to put back at the top and then mm-hmm. Kind of like Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his justice and all these other things will be added to you. And so worship reorients us, reprioritizes our lives because we remember that we're not at the top of the totem pole. God is. And we don't use totem poles. We don't use them here at church. I don't have one at home. (laughs) It's a metaphor. Um, It's a metaphor. Yeah. Uh, So don't send me hateful emails. Um, (laughs) Unless you want to, I'll still read it because I'm just that guy. Uh, I won't send you any. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But goal setting setting and calendar are are kind of the same thing. If we don't Mm -hmm. prioritize what God has led us to prioritize, then anything can creep to the top, including unhealthy things. Not ungodly things necessarily. Sure. They could be good things, but they're not the right things that God has called and stewarded and anointed us to do. And so I, I, I have found, uh, especially in the last few years, this whole idea of goal setting and then letting goal setting address the way that I put my calendar together. And we'll talk about that next time. Mm-hmm. Um, so goal setting today, calendar creation and management next time. But goal setting has been revolutionary for me in ordering my life in a way that feels like I'm being faithful to what God has called me to do. So it's the partnership. You talked about we sometimes don't want to set goals because then we're stepping into the role of the Holy Spirit. I'm actually trying to step into the river of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. so that I plan my goals based on what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. Now you look like a preacher. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't don't mean to. I try not to. (laughs) The river of the Holy Spirit. I love it. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things about you is that you are intensely practical. hmm. Like, let's not just talk about theology up there somewhere. Like, you say this. How does this apply to my life life? Like, my actual life. Yes. And I love that. Yeah, thank you. And it's hard for me because I love living in the theological world and the philosophical world. And I love talking about all that stuff. But then you, you have to, like, make a living and you have to provide for your family and take care of your family and sleep. be faithful and yes, and sleep and mm-hmm. all of those things. And so I, 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 I think God designed theology and philosophy uh, to fuel abundant life. Jesus didn't come to give us abundant theology. He came to give us abundant life. Mm-hmm. So it, absolutely. The, these are rubber meets road kinds of issues, but they help me to think about from a, a high level um, at, at the beginning. Like I want to start broadly. And so I, I break these, uh, my goal setting, which I've been doing now for six years. I, um, my pastor, Tim Harris, uh, has has all of us on staff set goals, and then we share them with each other. And we start by reviewing last year's goals and holding each other accountable. And then we talk about next year's goals. And, and it's a, it's that season for us, which is why this is coming up right now. Uh, and I like thinking about them in three broad categories because it just helps my brain. And some of you guys that think differently from me, it wouldn't be helpful at all for you to do this. But I just love thinking about goals that are spiritual first, because I do want to seek the kingdom of God first and then personal second, because if I'm not at my best, I can't do my best work. And then professional goals, which for me is church because I work at a church full time, but it's any profession. This, I think this same model works because if I am 
who Jesus makes me to be, and if I'm living like Jesus wants me to live, then I will act like Jesus calls me to act. And so spiritual goals and personal goals and professional goals in that order, and, and I, just, I, I, I just find that so helpful. Um, spiritual goals because I want to be more like Jesus. And I would say without any hesitation or any arrogance, I'm more like Jesus now than I was five years ago. I haven't been able to say that in every five-year span of my life, but this helps me. The spiritual practices that I choose to engage in because they are goals of mine helps me become more like Jesus. I am so far away from being like Jesus, but I'm closer than I was a few years ago. And I think that's because Tim has us make goals and I, I choose spiritual first. Personal goals to act more like Jesus. I really want to be more like Jesus at home. I want my wife to go, man, who is this guy? He's loving me like Jesus loves the church. And there's been a large stretch of our marriage where I don't, know if, I don't know that she would have said that. But these days she says it more than she would have back in the day. And that's just because I set goals. And then professional goals. And this has been a thing for me for a long time. I just want to help people walk with Jesus. And I want to use music to do that. I want to use worship to do that. I want to use prayer to do that. I want to use, I, I volunteer on our missions committee. I want to do that. Too. I mean, just any way I can. I just want to help people walk with Jesus. So to be more like Jesus, to act more like Jesus, and to help people walk with Jesus are the way that I break down um, categories of goals. Does that make sense? Is that helpful for you? Yes. I think what you're describing is having a growth mindset. Yes. Would that be accurate? Yeah, Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, right? That I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I quoted it right. I'm not looking at my Bible. Uh, but yeah, he grew. Mm-hmm. And I think God calls us in, in a thousand ways throughout Scripture to grow. And so, yes. And if you're not growing, if children don't grow, that is a sign of something wrong. Like, that's not right. That's right. not healthy. If yes. a child is not, you know, if a certain age, getting bigger... Mm-hmm. getting taller, getting smarter, yeah. <laughs> learning how to do more things, right. then there's something seriously wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So growth should wow. be something that we expect, plan for, and encourage. Yeah, participate in. Yes, um, and we do have to participate. We do, yeah, we have to yes. dive in. I, I don't... <clears throat> This may have to come out of the podcast because I don't know if this is right or not, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it because we're recording. When you talked about children growing, I thought um, for it, pretty quickly of a learning disability um, that there are things that we can identify that keep children from growing in the way that they should. Um, I think we have those in the Christian life too. Mm. Um, probably the one I experienced the most as a, as a disability to my personal growth is selfishness. Mm. Trauma. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, things that are done to us, not just things that are done by us. Uh, but sin in any capacity, sin that I participate in or sin that um, affects the people around me and that spills out over onto me, which could be part of trauma. Outright blatant sin, you know, like people who who are accosted or, um, and, and again, uh, verbally, emotionally, physically, sexually, any of those things, those are going to stunt personal growth. Mm-hmm. But God is so good and his grace is so big that he can find a way to grow us out of that brokenness Mm -hmm. and toward wholeness or integration. When I think about those three categories of spiritual, personal, and professional goals, I I really want there to be really clean boundaries between them. I want to do, as Craig Rochelle says, separate the who from the do. Mm. Um, Because 
I, I often feel personally attacked when somebody questions my professional behavior. And that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some level, I also think it is the healthiest human who is the most integrated human. And so we're not separating our spiritual life from our professional life because we can't leave our Christianity at the door of the workplace. And we have to take who we are in Christ into our behavior at home and at work, wherever that is, and all of those things. So I think the integration of those goals means that the boundaries aren't always clear. And sometimes when I'm setting a goal, I have to figure out which which category it belongs in. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if this is a spiritual goal or a personal goal because it's going to affect both so profoundly. And so sometimes it's like a 55%, 45% thing, and I just have to land, here's where it is. But my goodness, if my spiritual goals don't improve my my personal life, I'm not doing them right. Mm-hmm. There, there ought to be tangible results of spiritual practices. They may not be immediate, <laughs> and they may not be noticeable quickly, but there ought to be a, a change in the way that I live my life because of the way that I live my life with God. Mm-hmm. And I, so anyway, I think what you're describing is using things as a means to an end instead of doing things as an end and an in and of themselves. Yes, I probably wouldn't say using, mm-hmm. but I would say employing. <laughs> um, because that's so I, different. It, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it isn't all that different, but I, I don't want to use a goal um, so that the goal becomes the means either or the end either. I don't want to just study my Bible so that I can say I have studied my Bible. I want to study my Bible so I know my father better. Mm -hmm. I want to study my Bible so that I understand what a Christian biblical worldview means for my behavior on Tuesday afternoon when I teach a voice lesson. Like Mm -hmm. it isn't just to do, it isn't just using Bible reading to read my Bible. It is employing Bible reading to change the way that I live my life. And so um, it, 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 they are different and they are the same, but it's, it's really important to me, and especially about the spiritual practices. So very often, and, and I grew up, I don't know, some of you guys may have as well, where I had a, an envelope that I took to church and there were six boxes I could check on the envelopes. And if I checked the envelopes, I was being a good Christian. Mm. Well, that's not really what being a Christian looks like is checking the envelopes, because I can read my Bible and it doesn't have any effect on anything. Mm-hmm. I can even share Jesus in it and not have any effect on anything. Like I, I want to make sure that I'm doing spiritual practices to increase intimacy with the Father and abundance of Christian life. So integration is really important. I think where that was coming from for me yes. is that many people in ministry, they substitute ministry for their personal relationship with Jesus. And so easy to do. Yes. So I think that's what I was describing yeah. is, you know, just becoming a better pastor is not the same thing as actually spiritually growing closer to yes. Jesus. And when, if you substitute ministry for a relationship with Jesus, the results are bad. Yeah, and it, no doubt. And it sometimes frustrates me and at other times encourages me that some of the most spiritual people I know are not in ministry. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it should be that way. It seems like if you're a professional Christian, you know, <laughs> then you ought to get it right. Um, but some of the most godly people I know are everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, attorneys and nurses and teachers and plumbers, homemakers and, 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 and yeah, electricians. I mean, two guys in my life were electricians that are heroes of mine. You know, I love that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think, 
how is it that they can be godlier than some of the people I've worked with in churches yeah. or experienced on staff at other churches? And so certainly there is no um, automatic identification, but for those of us who are called to do ministry at, ever, at any level, volunteer, part-time, full-time, certainly it's imperative upon us to make sure that our Christian character is formed more strongly than our stage presence is rewarded in, in our churches or in our lives. Amen. So, Preach, brother. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> what would be helpful, Bethany, do you think, for people to know about goal setting beyond just the three categories? Any idea? I think it helps to tell somebody. Mm, yeah. So when we do that as a staff and we hand out our goals to each other. That's and super some, vulnerable. It, it is vulnerable. And, but really effective. <laughs> yeah, and accountability is high. Yes. Uh, and it's not accountability with, um, with judgment because this isn't a judging kind of place. This is a grace-filled place. So nobody's going to look at my list of goals and when I only hit 70%, they go, oh, man, you sucked last year. <laughs> you know, they're going to look at my list of 70% and go, was there something that got in the way of the one that you didn't get to at all mm -hmm. or the one that you really struggled with? And, and they're just going to want to understand. And, and that's so helpful. That feels like we're all for each other, uh, which I think is one of the keys to being in an accountability relationship is, is being an, accountable to somebody that wants to, you to succeed and doesn't mm -hmm. want to see you fail. So, yeah, that's super helpful. I think time frames are important also. Mm. You know, you have been talking about, I think, yearly goals. Right. But I think it can even be helpful to set weekly goals or monthly yes. goals. It just gives you a benchmark to kind of check in yeah. and see where you're at. So I hadn't intended to talk about this, but <laughs> when I set annual goals, I then use my calendar. And we'll talk about this next time a little more. But I use my calendar to... Um, to structure when those happen. So some of those goals are going to be met in the first quarter of the year, and some of them are not going to be met until the last quarter of the year. And it's not quite like financial goals if you're working in the business world and you're set, you know, Q2 goal is this or whatever. But if I wait until the last quarter of the year to start on my goals, I'm sunk. <laughs> and so some of them just like I, I don't, I prioritize in part based on the rhythm of the life of the church, the rhythm of my life life. Uh, and just figure out, okay, like the worship ministry handbook that we've talked about in previous episodes, um, that's not going to get done by the end of the goal year this year, but the bulk of it is. So I'm going to hold that over and I'm going to finish it next year. I'm not going to wait till the end of next year to finish it. You know, it's just almost done. Mm -hmm. it, we just need another quarter to get that done. So I'll work on that. And then I try to take those goals, and if it's a first quarter of the year or, or summertime goal or whatever, then I'll take that and figure out, okay, do I need to put time on my calendar to meet that goal? And so one of my goals every year is about writing. I calendar time to write. Mm -hmm. um, I do writing retreats. Mm -hmm. I also try to do writing weekly. And so there's time on my calendar set aside to do that. And if something needs to bump that, I'll just move it and put it another time, but I don't lose it. It still has to find a place to leave because it's important. Mm -hmm. It's important to my ministry. It's important to stewarding the gifts God gave me, and it's important to me personally. So it's got to have a place on my calendar. And that allows me to have daily goals. So I, I learned from Michael Hyatt. Um, check out michaelhyatt.com. He's a personal productivity guy. He's a believer, lives in Nashville, Tennessee, attends Brentwood Baptist Church. Um, I haven't met him yet, but that'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> Michael says, choose a big three every day. 
And it's not that you're only going to do three every day. It's just that these three have to get done today. Mm -hmm. And so I have a big three I do every day. And those can be traced back to my goals almost always. Or to something that's a regular part of my job, like planning worship, which isn't a goal for me. It's just a part of my job description. I have to do that every week. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big three, one of the days of every week. And so it gets highly practical um, on a daily level, which comes from a weekly view, which comes from a monthly view, which comes from an annual view. And all of that has to start with something rather Mm -hmm. than just kind of being haphazard. Uh, which I think is spending time in prayer and in thought about these goals. So I'm not just grabbing things that sound fun or cool. I'm like, God, what are you leading me to do? And I think, what do you value the most? Like what is worth the most to you? Or what does God say should be worth the most to you? Yeah. You know, you talked about sort of reprioritizing how worship reshuffles our our goals and our priorities but mm-hmm. i mean that's really what we value yes what do we value and put time towards yeah. and uh here's a really practical um example of this in my life mm-hmm. the farthest i've ever run in my life was with a friend who was training for a half marathon hmm. So she said, I want to run this half marathon. I want you to help me train. We set a time. We could do it every Wednesday morning. And here was the date of the race. So Mm -hmm. I had accountability and I had a date that I had to do this by. And every Wednesday we met and we added a mile every week. And we started at six and we went all the way up. And that's the farthest I've ever run in my life. Mm -hmm. But I did it because of those two things. Yeah. Having an accountability partner is so helpful. Uh, Rory Nolan was just here for a, a worship summit at our church a couple of weeks ago. It was so fun. Such a good time with him. But I met with him a few years ago and asked him the question about, uh, well, actually, we'll talk about this in calendaring next time. But I, I always <laughs> ask three questions of, of guys who are a few years ahead of me. And one of those questions I asked um, had to do with some kind of spiritual practice. And I said, you know, what helps you? And he said, it sounds to me like maybe you need to develop an accountability muscle. And I said, that's interesting. How do I do that? And he said, you have to have somebody that you do it with or that you report to. And after you've done that for long enough, you can lose that accountability partner in this particular practice. Not always, not in all things. Um, For example, to say, stay faithful in your marriage, you probably need to always have somebody who's holding you accountable to that. But in a particular practice, um, I I think at this point, mine was about writing. Um, He's like, you just need to have somebody that asks you, hey, did you write anything this week? Mm Mm-hmm. And if eventually you're going to be in a habit that is so strong, you're not going to need that accountability partner anymore. Mm-hmm. But having a partner builds the accountability muscle is what he called it. And I love that. And, and you're describing the same thing about physical exercise. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully that's helpful. I um, mean, it's kind of wonderful that we can repeat things and they get easier, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of miraculous to me. <laughs> it, it is. God is so generous with us. Um, Let me give you one goal of each of the goals, and then I want to wrap up with um, a story of failure. So, uh, (laughs) End on a high note. Yeah. One of the first goals I set that was just so incredibly exciting to me in the category of spiritual was I now take, um, actually the last two years, I've taken four all-day prayer retreats. Um, I take a day off, and I go away for the whole day, and I pray. And my pastor does this once a year uh, for several days, and I didn't think I could do that, but I just, I 
decided I was going to once a quarter go off and do a prayer retreat. That has been so life-changing for me, life-giving. Um, it has strengthened. I'd love to talk about it for a long time, but we don't need to take time to do that today. I love that goal. I love it so much that this year I'm doing six instead of four, like every other wow. month. I just want to, I would love to get to where I can do that once a month. I, I think it is it is incredible for me as a, as a child of God. It's incredible for me as somebody who wants to grow in my faith. It's incredible for me as somebody who's in ministry. And I do this on a day off. This isn't a work day. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like a day off anymore because it's kind of, I, I don't know, it's hybrid. But anyway, I love taking prayer retreats, and I do that in a variety of ways. Um, personal goal. So here we go. Um, for four years in a row, I had on my list of personal goals to lose 50 pounds. For I four failed, years. <laughs> yeah, for four years in a row. Um, I think one year it was only 30 pounds, but it needed to be more than 50 every one of those years. I just didn't think that was realistic. I learned after failing at that goal multiple years in a row that I wasn't able to do that. So four and a half months ago, I had bariatric surgery and I've lost about 125 pounds. I could never have done that without the radical intervention, but I wouldn't have discovered that had I not had a goal, clear, concise, measurable, accountable. And it's like, okay, I just, I can't do it. I, and as I told our church family, I'm tired of losing the battle. I'm ready to start losing weight. And so radical intervention and it's working and I'm so grateful, but I didn't meet that goal and that led to a different kind of goal. And then in the professional realm, um, I have wanted to, for three years, create and host some kind of worship conference. And that was important to me. And then this group of folks, um, Bethany Pedigo and Martha Christian I'm making and a face Sean over here. Cummings <laughs> and Eric Haley and I sat down goodness gracious, almost two years ago and starting having a conversation. And out of that came the Relay Worship Conference, which was a, a highlight of my entire career. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been doing this 35 years. And one of the things that I would put at the top of the list was the whole Relay Worship Conference that we did um, several months ago. And so that goal never would have happened had I not said it, failed, been convinced <laughs> I needed to do it enough to keep it on the list. Um, and then been open to in this conversation that was unrelated to my goals, but ended up fulfilling one of them in a, in a very huge way. So, you know, all three of those are kind of spiritual and kind of personal and kind of professional at the same time. I'm better at my job now that I weigh less, mm -hmm. but it's not a professional goal to lose weight, you know. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, th those are just examples within each of the categories. Now, I already mentioned two failure stories, so I don't feel like I need to do one more. But <laughs> I do feel like I need to say I don't hit 100% of my goals ever. But I hit far more of my goals than I would if I didn't have them. And I don't know how many of you guys struggle with having a lot of ideas. I, I have this really terrible delusion that if I have an idea, it's a good one and it needs to be done. <laughs> Lots of people have that. Yeah, like every idea. <laughs> It doesn't matter what the idea is. It's brilliant because I had it, and I think of myself that way. God help me. And if it's, a, if it's my idea, it's got to be a good idea. And if it's a good idea, it's got to get done. And so I have on the Strength Finder inventory, one of my top five strengths is ideation, which means I have ideas all the time. Mm. And I am trying to figure out how to say no to myself and my own ideas. And one of the ways to do that is by setting goals. If it doesn't make the goals list... It has, to, it has to work really hard to make it onto my list of things to do. Mm -hmm. And it's, things do. And so creating goals, setting goals, mm -hmm. facilitates for you mm -hmm. a growth of the fruit of the Spirit. 
Which is self-control. Yes, which is the, it's the last one listed. I think it's because all of us have the least of it. I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> uh, I think it may be because it takes so long to get to where we experience it. I, I don't know, I, but it is. It is a That's hard... That's a different podcast. We'll it talk it is about a different podcast. The yeah. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit would be amazing. Yes. Um, not that you would be all about that or anything, but you would be all about that. <laughs> um, so yes, yes self-control is so hard, but goals help me say no because it's not one of my goals and I can't do all of my goals and all the other things I think of at the same time. Nobody can do all the things. Yes. And other people come to me with their ideas. Mm-hmm. And some of those are things that we need to do. And they need to be on our goals list. Yes, Bethany, you're I'm one, one of, of those them. people. Um, and sorry. I, Bethany, don't be. I love <laughs> not that. Sorry, I'm not sorry. But, <laughs> yeah. but discerning the things that ought to make it from, hey, I have this idea, to does that belong in my life? And having a filter uh, really helps. And having goals that are clear and concise and compelling and measurable and... Uh, and shareable and all of those things has helped me be able to say no to myself. It's helped me be able to say a, a little bit no to others. I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible at it. Uh, but this is, these are some of the benefits. And I, I just want to say um, to the three of you listening, um, just kidding. Uh, I just want to say, if you will set goals, you will grow more than if you don't set goals. And I can't describe what the growth will be or how long or what it will. I don't know. I just know based on my experience, based on my study, and based on things that I've learned from others, um, you will grow more out of goal setting than you will grow if you don't set goals. Find your own categories. Find your own passions. Find your own ways to say it. Uh, nobody taught me to do spiritual, personal, and professional. Nobody taught me taught me to want to be more like Jesus, act more like Jesus, and help people walk with Jesus. Those were things that God brought to me along the journey. But find your own. And as you do, you will discover that you will be more like Jesus than you've ever been before. And that you will find that that doesn't have to be a statement of arrogance, but it can be a statement of humility. That it can be a statement of beauty and a statement of hope. Um, for yourself, for your future, and for others. So I encourage you, um, find a way, set some goals, and share them, and then do them, and give God the glory for everything that he led you to do. Any, any other thoughts, Bethany? Yeah, this is not some dry classroom-type mm. experience for most people. We do it with the Holy Spirit. Yes. My favorite name for the Holy Spirit is Helper. Yeah. And one of my... Two of my favorite scriptures talk about how the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 2.10, uh, 2, it talks about how the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and then reveals them to us. Wow. It's that no eye is seen, no ear is heard, no heart is imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Mm-hmm. And yet, or some, some um, translations say, but he has revealed them to us by his Spirit. Mm. And then in Romans chapter 8 where it says we don't even know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit is interceding for us with deep groans and that words can't even express because he searches the deep parts of us and then shares them with the rest of the Trinity. So Mm. this is a dynamic, ongoing, developing, growing experience that God is having with us. And we just get to be a part and we have a Mm. helper. It's it's the most amazing, this should be the most amazing, uh, hopeful, uplifting message mm. of this podcast today 
is you don't have to do this alone yes. by yourself. You do this with the helper, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because God is way more interested in us being conformed to his image mm -hmm. than we are. Yep. Yeah. You're being, we're being um, transformed from grace to grace, uh, which is also in Corinthians. Um, the end of 2 Corinthians 3, maybe? Um, from glory to glory. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we are going from the glory of creation to the glory of who Jesus is. And we'll be like him when we see him. That's just all incredible. These goals just help us identify the path to walk down to do that. And absolutely. Uh, and so as you're thinking about goals, um, pray. Ask God to enter your thought process and for you to enter his mind. Um, let him think with you about this. And you learn to think with him about it. And it will be dynamic and exciting and when I when I end up with my goals uh, which I'll have ready to release in the next month or so um, I will be so excited to share them because it is evidence of God at work in me and evidence of the work that I can't wait to see God do in me and that's just so uh, rewarding and fulfilling and abundant living kind of things so that's great um, next time how does this affect your calendar and how in the world do you manage a calendar and can you really do time management and be in ministry? Can you be a full-time employee outside the church and serve faithfully in the church and have time to do it all? The answer is yes, but it's hard. And so I have worked for literally decades on trying to manage my calendar well. I'm finally pretty good at it. I'd give myself a B. <laughs> Uh, solid B. Solid B. I, I can't wait to get to an A. I think that's coming in the next five years. But I think I'm good enough at it. I've learned enough about it that I have something to share. And it's mostly stuff that other people have taught me. It's not a lot of inf original information. But I think it could be super helpful. Um, so come back next time for So Every Soul Sings. That's why we do goals. It's why we do time management. It's because it's going to serve the purpose of getting a tribe of people together. So Every Soul Sings. Um, and we can have worship in the real church. So thanks for joining us, Bethany. Thank you. You're amazing. I am so grateful for God's gift to you um, and the way that those gifts get to play out in my life. So thanks. See you next time. Bye.